welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, let's go! Yeah, it's Wednesday night, baby! Broadcasting from the great states of New York and Maryland, it's the Sports Honchos. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert. And ladies and gentlemen, say hello to the other guy, Mr. Robert Cutie. How you doing, hey, pal? I, I am the other guy, and I am doing well. Greetings, salutations, everybody. Welcome to Woo! another episode of the Honchos. Man, that was a good one. I hope it, it was sure taping. was. I hope it was taping, sure pal. Was. I hope so, too. Are we live? Hey, we actually started... On time, everybody. Please take note of that. It took us four shows. This is episode five, ladies and gentlemen, or as they five. say in Mexico, episode cinco, ladies and gentlemen. The critical episode five. In Ireland, they say it's, it's the fifth one. The fifth one. And since it is critical episode five, I just want to tell you that I, I discovered something quite shocking and appalling for a man of my tender age over this past week. And and since we have this platform with millions of listeners, I'm going to tell you now. Last week, as you know, was the anniversary, the two-year anniversary with myself and Grace, the most tolerant tolerant woman in the world. And we had, you know, because it is COVID, nobody wants to sit in a restaurant, so we had some takeout. We both ordered some steak. I won't say where the steak is from unless they would like to sponsor the show, Graham. Uh, We bring it back to my house, take out the plates, the napkins, forks. And then I realized I am a 51-year-old, almost 51 Friday. I am a 50-year-old man living by himself who has no steak knives. Oh, What am I doing with my life, Polly? I mean, I know I'm living the carefree bachelor lifestyle, but no steak knives? So before, listen, before all of our loyal listeners run out and buy a bunch of steak knives and put them on my front doorstep, and I'm talking about you, Mom, I did go out and buy myself. After that debacle, after that embarrassment, I did go out and buy myself some steak knives. So we were sitting there eating steak. I had a paring knife, and I believe I gave her one of those, you know, big, like, bagel slicing, bread slicing knives. It was, it was very elegant. It was tasteful wow. and elegant. Like the steak. So, yes, up until a few days ago, I did not own my own steak knives. Wow. So I'm, Happy I'm anniversary, super, Grace. Thank you. I'm wow. super embarrassed. By, right. This is the man that she has saddled wow. herself to. I am the wagon, the star to whose wagon Speaking she wagons, has hitched herself. I mean, it can only mean one thing. Uh-oh. I'm afraid to find out. Rob's dope. <laughs> yeah, well, I could be the dope of the week. But actually, I am not eligible to be Dope of the Week. It's a, it's a very little-known rule that you have to go back into the archives, back into the rule book. This is the music. From, you know, 
they were playing. The 1800s. When you went to go buy those steak knives. <laughs> they were. They're like, hey, those steak knives are a gift? Oh, Listen, no, they're for me. It's half psycho and half, you know, it's a little bit Wait, of hold a, on. Hear that? There's American psycho that's, right that, there. That's you fantastic. Know? Knives, you know what I'm saying? And there's Rob. Yeah. Everybody picture Rob strutting down the street now. <laughs> no, no. I'm bouncing up <laughs> and down the aisles of the knives, supermarket. Hey, where some... do you keep the Where do you keep the steak knives? <laughs> and I'll be yeah, happy to know I bought a set of four. Steak knives from a baby. Isn't that great? So I made it this far in life without, I guess, needing a steak knife. Well, you know, I'm a real man, Paulie. I ate my steak uh. with my fist. You know, I just gnaw at the steak with my bare hands like the cavemen did. Because that's what we do. We're men. We're honchos. Uh, we, are. we don't need any fucking steak knives. Oh, four minutes in and the F word right there, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. Woo-hoo! Sorry, this Unreal. is not, this is NSFW, friends. That's right, man. Pals. I clicked the explicit button before Good. we went live. Well, we got that taken care of. We got the, uh, as, uh, you know, D. Snyder fought four years ago, the, uh, the explicit lyric label, you know? Right. Thanks, Tipper Gore. He, forgot it. he fought against it. <laughs> the, old, the old parental advisory warning. Yes, those were the days. When, the, uh, that should be the logo of when our the Senate podcast. actually worked, you know? <laughs> I, I can't remember those days. <laughs> those memories are becoming a little cloudy. Yeah, well, nothing's going to change next week, right, pal? <laughs> hey, I'm, uh, I'm afraid that. Our time is up here. <laughs> Could be our last show, ladies don't and gentlemen. Get, don't want to go down that road. Here, there's, there's here's what I do know. Yes, there go. will be there will be an election. There will be an election, and I'll just leave it at that. Yes. And remember, if you have an election lasting more than four hours, please go see your <laughs> please please go to the hospital immediately. Get that checked out, baby. <laughs> there you go. Ah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you can only see it, and we're working on this. Hopefully, you will see this. Whatever we're doing here, um, Rob day. is now—he's uh, matching me with his own sound effects back there. Yes, uh, it's a real—it's a real bell too. Listen, it's not a computerized bell. Yeah, stolen from Steak a real and hotel. Eggs. Coffee ready. Yeah, order up. <laughs> Gladys, come just... over here, boot three, boot three, Gladys. It's a, uh, who ordered the short stack? <laughs> I did. All right, buddy. So what do you, you know? Lots going on. I mean, we could start everywhere. You, you, um, you sent me some pre-production notes here, As and always. I'm gonna just read this because I can't. I don't know where this is gonna go, but I, I want to start here uh, before we get into the sports world, as it would be here at Hancho de Sports. Um, yes. You have a Gilligan's Island and first world problems. Indeed, Rob, I do. Fill us in. This is this is could be the story of the week, and and I have to preface this by saying it will be totally foreign to ninety nine percent of us who don't understand the problems of millionaires and billionaires living in Laguna Beach, California. I mean, maybe you do, but in my, I certainly I, don't. In my dreams, I've I've been there. I've been the guy. So we all remember. The Gilligan's Island theme song. Just sit right back and hear this tale. This tale of a fateful trip. I will not now, go right down there, that road Rob, much right longer. There, right there, Rob. I hate to interrupt. I have failed because I should have went out and got the theme music. Yeah, you should have. Well, or I should have said, hey, get the theme song. But we both failed. I'll tell you what. We'll clean it up in post-production, and we put out the director's cut of all of our episodes. You'll hear it there. Anyway, uh, so 
I'm just going to read from, this is from EW.com, Entertainment Weekly, from a couple days ago. Uh, let's see. Billionaire investor. So see, we're already going down a road that none of us can relate to. Billionaire investor Bill Gross has allegedly blasted the song Gilligan's Island at all hours to annoy the occupants of the mansion next door. This is great. This is totally foreign to most of us. In an attempt to get his neighbors to drop their complaint about an eyesore on Gross's property, according to the Los Angeles Times. Those neighbors, tech entrepreneur Mark Tofig and his wife Carol Nakahara, are now suing Gross and Gross's girlfriend, former tennis pro Amy Schwartz, may the Schwartz be with you, claiming harassment and intentional infliction of emotional distress caused by Gross playing the Gilligan's Island theme song on repeat, along with other pop and rap tracks. But wait, it gets better. So the two households issues trace back to Tofig and Nakahara's disdain. And when you're millionaires, you use words like disdain. Forget this. If you got a million dollars laying around, what are you going to spend it on? Before you guess, let me tell you. A million-dollar lawn sculpture. Ooh. And it's respective netting in Gross and Schwartz's backyard that is blocking the other couple's view. Tofig denies he played a role, or Tofig, excuse me, reported the eyesore to the city which found no permits for the sculpture, nor its netting, and discovered that Gross failed to adhere to good neighbor lighting rules. Now, in doing my copious show, show research, I actually looked up the good neighbor lighting rules for Laguna Beach. It's a two-page, small-print, single-spaced document. Two page, now on, how, About how many pages? Two. But you well, would think for, for lighting rules, it's lighting rules. You turn Here's what it should be. You turn them off. You don't you disturb have the rules. anybody. Do you have the rules? I, I have them. I, I will not be reading them. I looked them up. My I, eyes, I have, I have my a, eyes glazed I have over. A, <laughs> I have. I got the music for it. You want to read it? The the lighting rules. Okay. <laughs> or this rest of the story. Let's make no. the rest of the story. Do the story. So okay. So then. So so they've sued, right? They sued for this eyesore of a lawn sculpture. The other neighbors, Gross and Schwartz, then sued. Tofig and Nakahara accusing that couple of being obsessed with them and displaying what they called, quote, peeping Tom behaviors. Tofig and Nakahara claimed they installed cameras to record the nightly musical annoyance for proof, but Gross says the cameras have, have recorded him and Schwartz, wait for it, swimming nude in their pool. Each couple has requested restraining orders against the other. They are required to stay 50 yards away from one another until an October 30th hearing. So stay going? tuned, everyone. Are we going to that hearing? Stay tuned. We should. What a great birthday present. I hope it's televised. And I hope there's good lighting rules when they're recording people swimming naked. Can so we roll up in front of the courthouse with this player? <laughs> yes, that's right. I'm dancing. So you get a little rider. You, yeah. If you think you have problems... Just remember, a million-dollar lawn sculpture is going to be the centerpiece of the trial of the century. Trial of the century. We got to go, Trial of the century. Two pages of good lighting rules. It's it's, And then it ends by saying well, – let me pull this up here. The, the last, pay, last line is, if after a friendly conversation – this is, again, the uh, good neighbor lighting in Laguna Beach by the Laguna Beach Community Development Department, complete with diagrams – if after a friendly conversation, a light continues to be a problem, we suggest sending your neighbor a letter suggesting solutions. A sample letter is available at City Hall or on the city's website 
at www.lagunabeachcity.net. If the light continues to be a problem, we invite you to come to City Hall and discuss the situation with city staff. That's just, it's lighting. Don't shine the light in my property or in my eyes. Boom, done, that's it. I tell you, Or man. don't don't build a million dollar lawn sculpture with netting. You know, if, I'm, if I ever move out of New York, that's where I'm going. Because Laguna I want to live in a town that's protected. Unbelievable. To that extent. All right. Thank God. Yep. Could you imagine me and you living next to each other and having this issue? I'm trying not to imagine the <laughs> nude swimming part. <laughs> but the, uh, the, lawn, the, the million dollar lawn sculpture, it would be of me. I would make my. <laughs> and I would definitely call. I a million dollar. A big, <laughs> have, you know, ficus tree. Some sort of azalea bush that looked like me, like one of the honchos. I, and I would have it with the, the black hat and the, the suit, the Blues Brothers suit, uh, just like in our logo. I would, I would promote the show with my million dollar wand sculpture. That's nice of you, pal. Well, hopefully we'll uh-huh. get there one day. That would be a great one problem. Day. That would be a great problem for me and you right. to have. We're almost there, folks. Just keep subscribing. Keep listening. We're almost. We're going to do a live show from Laguna Beach, fully clothed. Don't worry. Woo! All right, folks. Trying to get into the sports world right now. And what do you say, Rob? We give a big congratulations to your Los Angeles Dodgers, formerly a Brooklyn baby. Formerly. Formerly. Brooklyn. Even I wasn't around Brooklyn. when they were in Brooklyn. Yes. Congrats to the Los Angeles Dodgers. You know. They kept talking about trumpeting this whole, oh, my God, the 32-year curse has finally ended. It's 32 years. You don't win the World Series every year. This was their seventh World Series. You and I know something about waiting a long time to end a championship drought. But, look, the right team won. They were cheated out of the 17 series, cheated out of the 18 series. And, you know, I take back everything I said about Old Dave Roberts. Although he, there were some questionable Dave Robertsian moves, ultimately, you know, I, I, the the better team won. And either way, if the Rays had won, it's a World Series that you'd be satisfied with. We can, we of course, will get to the decision and the discussion of analytics. But there's so much to unpack from this series. It was a great series. Unless you happen to live in Tampa. But hey, you got a Stanley Cup. So go pound sand with your, oh, we didn't win. You're still sweeping up from the championship parade of winning the Stanley Cup. So yeah, Los Angeles. Brady and Gronk to watch every Sunday right. now. Too. And, and the Super Bowl is going to be in Tampa at some point this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you got it all, Tampa. It's Tampa. So there are any it, songs it was, about Tampa it, Bay? I can't think of a song about Tampa Bay. Probably not. No. Um, I got to tell you, though, there are a couple things before we get into the actual sports part of it. I assume that you, like I did, watched all the postgame Michigas. Yes, I was with, um, I, I was I was in tune with the game last night. I was watching the game and then I uh, I always uh, whenever there's a championship. Now, I, I will I will mm-hmm. be quite upfront here. Uh, I might. Oh, boy. Before, I can't remember, but I didn't watch the the Lakers postgame. OK, and I'll, oh, I'm, yeah. and I haven't watched. Quite a few. I haven't watched probably most, if not any, of the NBA championships because, and it's, and that's not for any particular reason. It's usually just because I, if something comes up, I'm not around. So, right. with that said, um, 
Hockey, I'm always going to watch. You know, it's close to my heart. Of course. Uh, it's it's the best post-game really celebration. I the Dodgers to win because my evil plan, once once the Yanks went down to the Tampa Bay uh, uh, Devil Rays, as they call them in Florida. I still call them that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, They'll always be the Devil um, Rays. You know, then they had to face the Houston Asterix Astros. Um, mm-hmm. I was pulling for Tampa Bay to beat the Astros. And then I previously said on the show, over on the uh, on the national side, uh, not a big fan of the Braves, obviously. You know, Yankees, right. New York, all that whole thing. So I wanted the Dodgers to win. So my evil plan all worked out, right? So and then I want the Dodgers to play uh, the Rays, and then, then I wanted the Dodgers to beat the Rays. So uh, it, it happened. Merry Christmas to me last <laughs> night. You know, I didn't have any fireworks like the fans in L.A. did right. um, to shoot them here on my block in Long Island, um, but I was equally as happy, uh, very happy for the Dodgers, and again, like you said, Dave Roberts, uh, Mookie Betts, uh, and it's like I said, it was just a uh, a great, great World Series, and even better because the Dodgers stuck it out one. And I'm going to say this, the shenanigans the other night after that improbable comeback by the Devil Rays, right? And then the nonsense of running into the outfield and everything else, just to me, I couldn't hate a team even more, <laughs> uh, because that to me is just, you know, I, I look, you know, soccer, Premier League, you know, some of the celebrations. I mean, they're they're getting better now because they're a little more toned down, and maybe we can talk about this later or at some point, uh, maybe down the road. But as far as celebrations, right. but you know what, I get it. It was improbable, but you know what, when when the Mets came back against the Bo Sox that year and stuff. You know, uh, Mookie Wilson and uh, Ray Knight, they didn't run into the outfield. You know what I'm saying? Making a show of themselves. You know, they celebrated, and boom, they still had work to do. See, that's the thing that always, I think, comes back to certain guys. When you when you have not, if it's, if, if it's not the series clincher celebration, man, that shit could come back and bite you in the ass. And there were the, de- uh, the, the Rays celebrating like they had won the goddamn series. Like a bunch of lulas, <laughs> and um, sure enough, Dodge Man, sit it's, down. Thank you very much. It's it's bad karma. I mean, you know what? You should be happy when you win, especially if it's a comeback win. But you got a few miles to go. You got a few games to go. You know, you never say good game to your opponent until you've actually won. I agree. In fact, the, the first the first person to say good game should be the one who's losing or has lost. Not the other way around. You know, again, before we get to the sports, I just have to bring this up because I'm dying to, to get your opinion on this. The speech by Mark Walter, the owner of the Dodgers, when he busted out that piece of paper. So obviously he wrote this speech, win or lose, he had a speech ready. And it was a speech. I mean, normally in a championship, in the celebration of the championship, the owner, the general manager, the coach, whomever, they're, they're brief. They get up and they say the cliched, that's ah, a great win for the city. Congratulations to fill in the blank opponent. I'm really happy for, you know, fill in old veteran here. You know, it's the same canned sort of speech. But this guy, Walter, every time you thought he was going to stop, he took a breath and kept reading. It was like the Gettysburg Address up there. I thought Tom Verducci was, where was the... The, the mute button from the debate a couple nights ago. So after about 30 seconds of just thanking everybody except his own mother, I think, 
he could have muted him. That was one thing. That interminable speech, there wasn't any time for anyone else to speak. And then during the MVP presentation, uh, Rob Manfred, who, by the way, deserves to be booed and was clearly rattled by the booing of only 11,000. Can you imagine if that place was packed? <laughs> the booing from you know tens of thousands of people. What was wrong with Manfred when he was talking to Corey Seager? I think he was a little smoked. Had a little bit I, of the old, uh, the old fashioned there during I mean, the game. Did did anybody tell him? Because during the, the the trophy presentation, he was sober as a judge. But uh, ten minutes later, he's already you know three sheets to the wind. I thought he was having a stroke. I mean, he sounded terrible. And and I I I thought to myself, he doesn't always sound like this. And I remember, no, he actually sounded pretty good on the podium. So the mystery to me, besides why it took six innings before anybody said Justin Turner had a positive COVID test and why he was back on the field with a cancer survivor and all these little children running around, no mask on. But I'm flummoxed as to what was happening to Rob Manfred. Hey, I hope you're okay. I hope it was a little Uh, bit of the Yeah, I mean, I can only assume somebody slipped him a little of the Greek ouzo, all right? Because that'll get you there that quick between a post-championship marathon speech to the MVP award, you know, glass I mean, of Uzo, it'll happen. Maybe he was drinking after having to listen to Mark Walter go on. I think, by the way, the speech, I think he's still talking. Yeah, well. I think, I think he's standing in Globe Life Field alone, still thanking people. I don't know. I'm so, just, uh, I can't wait for the DVD of that speech to come out. The so director's we can, cut? Uh, <laughs> we can sit back and. In, in the um, in the third hour of the show, everyone, we promise to dissect line by line. A little book club, a little Mark Walter book club. Rob is absolutely lying to all of you. That's not happening. Oh, that's right. We don't have a third hour of the show. You caught me. I didn't think, I don't think they know that there's not a third hour. Sometimes it's not even a second hour. (laughs) Well, look, um, we can get into the Schnell thing if you want. Um, But I I think maybe, um, I mean, the whole Justin Turner thing, too. I mean, um, Oy vey. It's just. I just, um, you know, and it was right. I just tweeted. I just tweeted. Hey, MLB. It wasn't perfect, but it ended right. No. And then literally like a minute later, just right. this just did. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, is, you know, nobody know. I, I didn't notice him getting pulled out of the game. You know, I wasn't paying really paying attention. I had the game on in the in the in the uh you know, the sound off there back and forth a little bit and then uh I, I just kind of I don't I didn't recognize him getting pulled out of one. But it's just it's fascinating just well, how Buck, that uh, all kind of went down. And then he's on the field. And then right. he's Buck and out. Smoltz made a big deal about saying uh Justin Turner's out and I don't know whoever was the backup third baseman is in and they didn't know why. They just kept saying he's gone. We don't see. We didn't see him get injured. We don't know what's happened. The sideline reporting came up nothing. And then all of a sudden, they win. They cut to maybe it was Tom Verducci or maybe it was um, that was Kevin Agandi, whoever the the studio host is. And he said this just in: he tested positive for COVID. Then boom, here he comes lumbering out to the field with you know the rest of the team, which you know I I, I don't I'm not going to clutch my pearls over that one. I just think it's. Well, I think there so was somebody it's, it's who's... A, it's a bad look, but how can you say no? You've won the World Series. Yeah, and the other but thing the, was, too, with somebody had put uh, out, you know, like MLB just went, well, it's over, so we right. don't give a shit anymore. You know? Go but do what I, you want. I will say it's pretty, though, it's it's pretty, 
it's symbolic of not just baseball, but as, as I mentioned last week with football, both college and NFL and any other sports that we're playing in the last couple of weeks, baseball, basketball, whatever, that they're like, you know, look, COVID's here and we're, sto- we're going to stop walking on eggshells around it. People are going to test positive and the sport's just going to go on and you like it, you don't like it, but we're really, we're tired of making these appeals to the greater good by enforcing all these protocols and fines and quarantines. People are going to test positive. We may or may not tell you about it, but you know, the dogs bark and the caravan rolls on. Justin Turner pops a positive test. Series is over. Come on out in the field. What do we care? I mean, really it's almost admirable that nobody's stopped Turner from coming out into the field because finally someone is saying, what are we going to do again? Shrug emoji, shrug emoji on the COVID thing. What are we going to do? We're not, we're not going to shoot him as he tries to come out in the field. We're not going to burn him alive to get the disease out of him. You won the world series. Take your victory lap. If someone gets COVID again, sorry, yeah, and look, I, I, let's I just, be honest I, with you. We we don't we don't know, you know, as far as you know the hundred percent month that they had, as far as you know negative uh, tests and stuff like that. We have no idea what goes on honestly behind closed doors and everything else. Look, you know, again, he, they won. You know, they all know them. They all love them. It's just to me, it's just a trip that it happened. You know, right? It's like, and if and if you're like in the PR department for MLB and you're you're banging your head on the wall like you were that close, it was just that right. close to being. You know, just a great thing and all that other stuff. I mean, just even with having fans in the stands, um, just how everything went. And it's, uh, Rob, it's amazing too. I I just notice because uh, we've been discussing this as far as watching sports without fans in the stands, and we've had fans in the stands. And I got to tell you, I still kind of had the blinders on. Really didn't. It didn't make a difference. Right. It, it with the crowd noise and cl- when you watch on TV. You hear the crowd, but the, the, the cameras are on the fans, unless there's a home run. Um, but the fans are almost they, – they just disappear into the background. And it doesn't – that's why I said it's nice to have fans, but I don't watch the game for the fans. I watch the game for the game. I mean, it's nice to get a camera shot, a wide shot of knuckleheads in the stands. It's always funny uh, to see when it gets late – Little kids, like first little kids, up way too late. Sound there, asleep. No, there, what, I remember. Let me ask you this real quick. What's what's yeah. with MLB and they hate children? They don't want people. They don't want kids to watch baseball anymore. What's up with that? Because they'd rather start it, you know, late, so people on the West Coast who probably don't really care can watch, even but on a Saturday. The pandemic isn't like half the population right. home. Hey, so why look, not start if, the game in the afternoon? And if you're a fan. On the West Coast, you want to go to the game? Take the day off. Watch the game. But I remember several years ago when the Braves won the World Series, there was old Jane Fonda and Ted Turner, and Ted Turner was slumped over like he had passed away during the game. It's great to see the owner of the team sound asleep. Um, So those kinds of things, those sorts of fan shots, those are entertaining. But for the most part, I really didn't notice at all. No. Again, nice they were there, but didn't really notice them. 
No, but what everybody did notice, and let's get this on this here, uh, this this subject of this uh, this game, this final here, is uh, everybody did notice um, Kevin Cash taking out uh, no. Mr. Schnell, uh, who no. was uh, nine Ks in at the time, and really uh, kind of just owned. He was owning the Dodgers. What, right two now. hits, two hits, and I believe the the top of the order, the one, two, and three hitters. And, and before we're like oh for six. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, let you run on this too because I know you got some analytics things you want to talk about. Look, I mean, you, you, nobody knows. Like I could sit there and go on. You know, eventually Schnell is coming out of the game for the Dodgers, right? So I I still had a felt that if um and you know Tampa didn't give um him any support. I mean, one run was that really going to beat the Dodgers? We don't know. It doesn't matter because obviously the uh, it all played out. And we know how it finished. But there's, you know, I think there's a good argument here that not too many people should get on the Kevin Cash, you know, bashing him because he took him out. Because basically, it's standard practice in baseball these days. Yankees do it too. Yeah, but, uh, you but know, that's, I know. But I'm going to turn problem. it over to you. And, and I just want to say real quick. No, I'm not last... done yet. I'm, I'm going to oh, give you okay. three hours, okay? Thank you. We will have a third hour. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I'm just saying that I think we have to just also sit back and take a look at this in, in another way that – Yes, this was a big moment in the game. It was a big turning point. Everybody talks about turning points in the game. You know, we still had, you know, six, seven, eight, of almost four innings left of a lots of stuff to happen after that. Granted, when this moment happened, it changed the whole script. And now I turn it to you. And nobody is happier about last night besides the people of Los Angeles than A.J. Hinch. Because up last year, you know, him taking Zach Greinke out, uh, in Game 7, turned the series and allowed the hated Washington Nationals to win the World Series. Uh, he took Granke out, who was cruising along, gives up one hit, and Hinch gets the itchy trigger finger. I don't, I don't hate the Nationals. Uh, I do. Um, Sorry. You know, last night, by the way, it for a series that was old-school baseball, a lot of manufacturing of runs with steals and singles and sacrifices, last night was very all-or-nothing. It was just strikeouts and home runs. It looked like everybody who got up to bat was swinging for the fences. And then, of course, the last two batters for Tampa, they're down to their last two at-bats. And I believe I, I was angrily tweeted this. You can't. I mean, this goes back to Little League. And this is going to dovetail nicely into what's wrong with sports and the fundamentals and analytics. Back to Little League. If you're down to your last at-bats, you don't stand there with the bat on your shoulder ever. You don't get punched out looking at third at strike three with the bat still on your shoulder. What what difference does it make if you swing or if you sw- stand there? You strike out either way, but at least if you swing the bat, who knows what's going to happen? Yep. It's the World Series. It's not just some middle of July game where who cares if you strike out? Don't stand there looking at the World Series go by you and end up in the glove of the catcher. Um. Look, and, and the statistic, who was the last out? Right. Um, the, the Yank, look, there's so much, as we, as I said here. Uh, Robert's taking Kershaw out of game five, right around the same place. Mm-hmm. In, at sixth inning, great move. We have a long history of how Kershaw has a seven-plus ERA after the sixth inning in the postseason. He's had a lot of appearances. There's a lot of, of – there's a good sample size there. And it was end up being a good move. Kershaw sort of rebuilt his postseason image in this World Series, which is great. That's another subplot that was great for the Dodgers winning is Kershaw is now a winner, and he'll be remembered as a winner. Won two games in this series. Could have been the MVP. 
a lot of people could have been the MVP. Blake Snell, you don't have. You have earlier in this truncated regular season and possibly in the playoffs that after the fourth or fifth inning, he starts to wind down. But it's more the conventional wisdom of don't go through the batting order more than twice. So he takes him out. But he'd thrown 73 pitches, nine strikeouts, two hits. The top of the order was, I think, a collective 0 for 6 or 0 for 7 to that point. So sure, the number nine hitter ropes a single, and you panic. But here's the thing, and this is now would be a good time since we're going to go into analytics to play that uh, that Star Wars clip from Empire Strikes Back. Forty-four seconds of pure gold, and actually, my analytics talk is going to cycle back to football for a minute. But then I'm going to wrap it all up for you guys. So don't worry, we'll get back to baseball. All right, let's give this a shot. Let's see if this works. It's coming. Promise All right. You. Promise you it's coming. It's coming. In the meantime, how was your day today, Rob? Oh, my day was super <laughs> duper as we pad. <laughs> ah, it's doing it again, man. And I don't know why it's doing it again. <sighs> this is too Terrible. Boring. This is just terrible stuff right here. All right. Well, look, I, I, I can narrate what the no. clip would have been. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let's try this one more. Don't give up. I never give up. I'm I'm not giving up. Okay, I never give up. Here we go. Oh, that's why. Here we go. Ah. So that's where we find ourselves with sports. First of sports. all, I have to give myself a round of applause for making Nice job. Work. Thank you very much. By I'll give way, you just one of those. Yes, there you go. <laughs> sports. Sports as we know it today has become C3PO. And yet most of us fans who don't run teams want it to be Han Solo. Because sometimes, and I'm going to say from the outset, there's a place for both analytics and for the eye test, for the gut instinct, not just for people who are in their hundreds. But we sometimes, as you stare down the asteroid field of Blake Snell in the sixth inning, about to face the Dodgers lineup for the third time through the order, you say to yourself, I don't care what the analytics say. This guy has nothing but fire. He's got, got it. I can see from the eye test he's not tired. His velocity's not down. Just gave up a hit. You know, these things happen in baseball. That's why there have been so precious few no hitters. You give up hits, but then you throw a ball that gets a, the, the money double play, whatever it is. You're looking at the asteroids going, well, the analytics say that you're going to get crushed. Take your guy out. But if you're Kevin Cash, sometimes you got to be Han Solo and say, you know what? I got a feeling. I know me. I know Snell. And no matter what the odds say, 
the odds, there's no human component to math. And I'll tell you what I mean in a moment. And I actually was something I was going to talk about a couple of weeks ago with the uh, Seattle Seahawks, Minnesota Vikings game, but it applies. So just stay with me on this one, friends. So a couple of weeks ago, Mike Zimmer or the Seahawks won 27-21 over the Minnesota Vikings. End of the game. The Seahawks, the, the Vikings are leading 26 to 21. It's fourth and goal from the Seahawks six. The analytics said that you should, that Zimmer and the, and the Vikings ought to go for it. There's almost a 0% chance to win if they just kick the field goal, even though they'd be up 29 to 21. They have a 0% chance of winning. So Zimmer goes for it and he fails. Ball back to Russell Wilson. Seahawks have two minutes and a timeout left. Wilson promptly marches the team down the field. Touchdown, game over, and they win 27-21. to And by the way, they missed the two-point conversion. Not that it mattered because they only had to score six points to win. And I said that he should have been Zimmer, coach of the Vikings, should have been fired before the team plane left Seattle to go back to Minnesota. So here's the thing about math. And analytics. Analytics, as we know it, and again, there's a place for it. I don't want to be in an old man shakes fist at clouds here. There is a place for analytics in sports. It's got to be sit on. It's got to sit on the shelf alongside just the feel, the feel of a coach, of a manager, of a player. The little battles in sports that you and I grew up with, Polly, and a lot of people that love sports grew up with the the games within the games those tactical decisions that the real baseball, football, hockey, basketball nerds, and I mean the ones devoted to the game, love. Now it's all or nothing, it feels like. It's all three-point shooting in the NBA. It's, it's the three true outcomes and launch angles and bat speed in baseball. And where are the fundamentals? Fundamentals, who cares, as long as you can you know, club a ball over the fence, or you can shoot from anywhere in the arena. Where is the joy of watching teams manufacture runs rather than try to club their way out of a loss? As we saw last night as the innings ticked on, that 2-1 to one lead that the Dodgers had felt like it was like 20-1. to one. Sometimes, you know, you watch a, a playoff hockey game and a team goes up 3-2 to two and you feel like, well, it's over because that's just an insurmountable lead. Just have that feel. Sometimes a one-run lead feels like the way the other team is playing. The team that's down feels like it's insurmountable. And last night, every at-bat was, I want to hit 17, get 17 runs with one swing of the bat. And you can't do that. This is a team that lived and died by manufacturing runs. But here's the thing about math and analytics that people have to understand. The ones that swear by it and have a blinders on to old-school sports is... Math cannot tell you how the odds are impacted by a crafty, grizzled pilot like Han Solo, right? Math cannot tell you that you, if you don't have a dead-eye shooter like Steph Curry who can shoot it from any zip code and make it into the basket, you're probably not going to have the same outcome from only putting up the three-pointers. Math would never, analytics would never have allowed creaky old Kirk Gibson to come up to bat when his team needed it the most in walk-off fashion against the best closer in the game in Dennis accuracy, math would have said, this guy, no way. First of all, he can barely walk. And look what happened. And math certainly does not account for 
the magic of a Russell Wilson two-minute drive. There is no asterisk with these numbers. These numbers are fine unless you're playing Russell Wilson. It's just cold, calculated, unfeeling. The math says don't let Snell go twice through the line or three times through the lineup. So bing, bang, boom, we're going to take him out. But math can't tell you that Blake Snell had it. He had something last night. He had that fire in his eye. He had that determination that he could have gone more innings. So it's just, it's a shame. It's a shame that we become so adherent to things that don't take the human factor into account. Again, sports is C-3PO. We, st- we want it to be Han Solo once in a while. Yeah, well, you know, if, if you know, the other side of the coin is, again, and you, just, just, you could just keep spinning and spinning and spinning. Say Snell stays in and he starts getting raked. You know, he starts getting then, – then they would have gave, uh, you know, what's the uh, – you know, cash a problem for not taking him out soon enough. You know? Well, but, but yeah, but he, true. I don't think he would have left him in too long. I think he, the, he, he certainly gave him a hook too quickly. But I don't think he would have just left him in there if you started. There's the human side of it, right? So he Cash has got to sit there, and he's he has a decision. You know, I could sit here and let it play out in front of me, so it covers my ass. That if they get a single, a double, oh well, I got to take him out, and 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 that would be, you know. But that didn't happen, right? So he takes him out before that happens, and then uh, he's you know he's the goat. He's the worst. He he was he was coming up on the top of the order again that he'd had great success against, and even if he gets. Another hit of those three guys, maybe again, bets hits into a double play. It's all hearsay, you know. Big, we'll uh, never look, know. Look, baseball is just, uh, you know, the the, the the fascinating side of it too, and and some sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like it, it, it helped the Rays beat the Yankees. It didn't help the Yankees beat the Rays. The longer the game went on, because guys get up there, right? And and you know, in a series like especially this go around with the pandemic, in terms of them playing back to back games and. Um, you know, uh, everything's up front and straightforward that, you know, you get used to these guys, you try and get used to the timing and everything, but it, it is what it is, man. And I think yeah. more than anything, like I said, if you're, a, you know, if you're a Rays fan the other night when they come back out of nowhere, and then if you're a Dodgers fan last night and it looks like you're, there's no chance, there's a game seven coming, you're not beating smell, the, the Snell, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Schnell. And then, and then boom. Snell. Yeah, and then boom, yeah. it changes, and now you're world yeah. champions. But it's it's over now too. So what are you gonna do? We move on, man. It's uh. Yeah. But I get it. Great analogy with uh, Han. I remember that scene uh, very well. And uh, for you Star Wars fans, The Mandalorian comes out Friday. Yes, comes out again. In honor of my birthday, comes out on Friday. Birthday? Are, um, you having, are you having a Star Wars birthday on Friday? I'm gonna have a little costume party. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> invite all the neighborhood kids over and then be promptly be arrested. So you're hey, a I Halloween gotta, kid? Uh, that, 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 that. I, I, as my sainted mother would tell me, I was born closer to the 30th or to the 29th than I was to the 31st. So not a Halloween baby. Not yeah, We didn't rush. The 30th, didn't get okay. right in under the wire. Yes, Halloween, as I had to remind people growing up, is the 31st. Yes. You know, the candy day, not the day I was born. Listen, I, I, question for you. And there's no answer to this, obviously, but why is it that baseball is the only sport of the four major sports that we play in this country that there are no substitutions? Why do they even have this facocta rule that you take somebody out that can't come back in again? 
How different would baseball be if you could just say, well, you know, you don't have it this inning. Just well, go so- rest, rest like the arm if, up and if, come back you know, in. So- Premier League, so- soccer's no, well, not just Premier League. Soccer's like that. If you, mm-hmm. you get three or four substitutions depending on which league, what time of the year it is, and what right. – uh, tournament stuff but yeah once that guy comes out he can't come back in that's it i mean you want to make baseball fun again as they keep saying say you, you have one like wild card where you can take one person bring him back in back onto the field after you take him out I, it just it's always baffled me why that rule continues to exist and it doesn't exist in any other sport it seems stupid but what do i know i'm because just a guy everybody has, on a couch because <laughs> that makes it competitive i guess because not everybody has a Kershaw on their team or Snell on their team. No. So if, if a team actually can break a guy like that down and, oh, there's a window. We have a chance now. Right. You know, whereas – but in, in baseball, though, in a short series, I mean, look what the Red Sox did against the Yanks that year when they came back in, in 04, right? And they, they put Pedro back in. They put uh, – who's the, who's the other guy? Who used to pizza in Arizona with Johnson? I always forget his name. Schilling. Schilling, right? Bloody so, Sock. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so baseball has that opportunity, obviously, in games as the series goes forward, and then right. you can put your aces in the bullpen. Yeah, so you can stack things that way. It's, it's so baseball has its way of taking advantage of certain situations. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I don't know so much on the offensive side, outside of pinch hitters and DHs and everything else, and so on and so forth. But uh, like hey, for man. a pinch runner, you should be allowed to bring the guy he pinch ran for back into the game. I don't know. <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> yeah. As I run you for You can do that in softball, right? We used to do that with our buddies, right? Why hey, not? Paulie, hey, Paulie, run for me. I got yeah. the bad knee. Right. Have right, a Paulie, keg. Paulie, go run for Larry. And then Paulie and they, runs they, for Larry. and then But Larry can go play first base again and get up in the next inning, too. See? Yeah, softball plus in rules. the dugouts, they have kegs in the dugouts So in softball. So why not? Why not bring that? Why not bring the whole softball and those, package those umpires are like, into ah, Major League Baseball? I know, Larry. Go ahead. It's all yeah. right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I didn't see nothing. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right, buddy. Let's transition and head on over. You want to talk a little bit about Mr. Jeremy Roenick? Oh, God. And his Um, lawsuit, baby. So why don't we give this little topic about as long as this song is or isn't? Go. Well, I don't really know the song. All I'm going to say is you. thank you for pointing this out to me. I believe you shared this with me on the Twitter machine, that Jeremy Roenick is suing NBC, if I'm not mistaken. He he said something. I, the, the, the gist of the complaint was that he was fired for making comments about NBC Universal co-workers on a podcast, which were deemed insensitive Hold and definitely went too far. You don't know far. the story? I vaguely know it. I, I know that he said something about some women that were on a uh, NBC know story, and you want to bring this topic up. Well, it's it's because of what he claimed and you're as a, a defense. Guy? I'm sorry, I'm not a uh, sexual predator hockey guy. I guess. <laughs> sorry, I should be up more on my you know men are sexist pigs, Mr. Cooney. I should Bravo. be more up on my who's the sexist pig of the week. Maybe instead of dope of the week. The spow, sexist pig of the week, but oh, you know, no, it's please. too late to change. Look, I had another you mentioned in Pornhub last week, then Tubin. That was just, I'm still getting over that episode last week, all right? Uh, available, by the way, wherever Anyway, Jeremy gets, he gets on this podcast. This is another thing, you know, with Tubin and all. I've said this. I have no sympathy for these guys. You know mm-hmm. you're getting on a show that's being recorded, and he made some, you know, tough guy, you know, 
barroom kind comments about Catherine Tapp and who he works with and about, you know, I would love to have, you know, physical relations with her. Because he's on vacation with her and his wife, by the way. And then, obviously, that's a no-go with NBC, and now he's doing the lawsuit, and from what I've heard, he's, he's got nothing He's done nothing to stand on. Right. Well, he's just a dumb guy who shot his mouth off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. NBC is, is claiming that he violated his morals clause, which he clearly did, but what I, I found so interesting, and, and this is presumably why you sent it to me, or tweeted it, um, was his defense. Really, it's not a defense. He's not. He doesn't claim in his answer to the lawsuit that he didn't make those comments, thank God, because he clearly did. Instead, he said, I wasn't fired because I violated a morals clause. He was, quote, Ronick, this is, these are the lawyers for NBC saying, Ronick attempts to recast his discharge as the product of gender and sexual orientation discrimination. He, quote, he is a heterosexual male, end quote, Retaliation for opposing discrimination, discrimination based on his political activity, and a breach of oral and implied contracts. Uh, he further went on that he said, Ronick, this is again the lawyers from NBC are saying that Ronick says, Ronick alleges he was the victim of discrimination as a commentator on National Hockey League games because he is a heterosexual male. First of all, let me just say that Jeremy Ronick, who once refused to play for the Capitals when he was a free agent. He's a total bag of shine. Okay. I just, I, I, I like this story because I'm going to give him credit. Talk about trying to turn that the That was tables. the head of NBC, by the way. We just yeah. had on. Talk line. about trying to turn the tables in a world of, of, of well, I don't want to go down a road that I'm going to regret, but just, Trying to say, you know what? Hey, everybody, there is still a place in the world for white, middle-aged, heterosexual males, and that this whole lawsuit, this whole firing, I should say, is a crusade against people like me. It's a stupid argument. It's total Ronickian, and I hope he gets whatever he deserves, so richly deserves. But I'm going to tip my, my cap to him for a moment and say, look, that's certainly novel. That's certainly a novel approach to being fired for violating a morals clause uh, to say, hey, man, this is a crusade against white heterosexual males. He's almost going down the road of saying of creating his own hashtag white lives matter movement. I mean, well, a lot the, of those guys the, are doing the, that, you know, the balls on this guy to come out and say uh, taking constitutional law and setting it back 100 years by saying uh, white heterosexual males are a protected class. They are an at-risk group. I, it's, it's, you know, it's novel and gutsy. Stupid. But novel and gutsy. So, I, I, you know, I say good luck. However this plays out, uh, I'm, I'm impressed that you, as a public figure, allowed yourself to go down that incredibly bumpy road saying that white heterosexual males should be in the same protected class as real at-risk groups. So good luck to you, Jeremy. Yes. We'll God's always have on that we'll always have NHL 94, Jeremy. <laughs> you know, and here we are, me and you, two white males of the 
heterosexual. I was going to say, don't forget yeah. the heterosexual yeah. part. <laughs> that's what they. So far as you know, that's that's what they're calling us, <laughs> right? Um. Yeah, I just um, you know, it just makes it even worse when these guys are you know you you had a you got to play in the National Hockey League. You're a superstar. You paid a lot of money. I'm sure you got a lot of. A lot of gifts along the way, you know. Then after your career, you know, you played in multiple cities as far as Jay Oscar's concerned. Hey, look, I, you know, way back when I also had the, uh, you know, I, I interviewed uh, JR a, a long time ago. Wow. And, uh, well, you know, when I was doing this hockey thing for, for, for like six, seven days a week, I, I had, I was, I was blessed. I, I had a great, um, I had a great outreach to a lot of players and, and former players and, and people and media people and writers and everything in, in the league. And I have a lot of these interviews with these guys way back when. And Jr. was one of them, you know. And, and one of the reasons we wanted Jr. at the time to speak to him is because he was edgy and he, and he told it like it was. And he's a tough guy. And he was, you know, the, the blue-collar guy even on the rink and stuff. He didn't take any shit. And, you know, that's the kind of guy you want. And then you know you follow him along through the you know his career. He retires and he gets on TV and he's he's no he's not one of the greatest analysts ever, but that's not not a big far thing. from it. But the bottom <laughs> line is is you know you got this gig, and the whole white thing and I'm the white guy and and the, just shut up, just just if you you know when you're off air, you know and we've all everybody's been in the back rooms and just heard awful stuff from other people and you just go wow and then you know but you're on air and you're on a podcast and what you say is you know you got to be careful about what you say and i don't have again i don't have any sympathy and it's not right the bottom line is it's just when it's all said and done it's not right and jeremy ronick is going to be fine he's made a lot of money he does all right for himself and he'll get a gig or he'll do even what um you know, Don Cherry did too. After he unfortunately had to be let go too up in, in Canada, you start your own podcast. You know what? Yep. And you can say whatever the hell you want, and you don't have to answer to anybody. Go nuts, and that's it. He, but he has, when he has you work the... for an organization, whether it's a sports yep. franchise or a network, and they have rules, and you have coworkers and colleagues, and there is a certain way you have to act, especially when you are on national television, broadcasting to a national audience. Yes. It's just like if you are if you put the uniform on for the Yankees or any professional sports team, you are asked to behave a certain way off air. I mean, uh, off air or off the game. Not necessarily, you know, you have your, your rights, your First Amendment rights to, to speak, you know, whatever. Again, and I've said this too, Rob, as long as it doesn't hurt people, uh, it's not, you know, uh, putting people in, in bad positions or being derogatory to somebody. And again, this is where it is. So, Jeremy, yep. just... Go on. I mean, imagine, imagine being the judge, getting that yeah. across the table. He's he's the poster boy now for white privilege, Jeremy Roenick. He's not look, the only one. He's there's, not, but he's really he's putting himself. There, man. He's 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 carrying the banner. That's for sure. Look, uh, it's not just people that are public figures. Uh, we had a meeting, um, department meeting at my school last week, and one of the topics was, you know, we're doing classes by Zoom, and we are literally teaching in kids' living rooms. And the warning to all of us was, you know, whatever you do in the classroom, you can't, you got to dial it back a bit. You know, you got to watch what you say, some of the humor, the sarcasm. Uh, It may not, it may be the kids might like it, but you got parents now listening. 
Yeah. So in case you're not aware, man, I give you guys so much credit. In in case you're not aware, our our, our department chair said uh, people are listening beyond just the students. Uh, Like one out of every 30 kids in my class has headphones on. Most of them are just, you know, hanging out, no headphones. And I haven't been, you know, knock on wood, guilty of saying anything untoward. But I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm just going to be above board, kind of boring, just get the information out there. If there's any sort of jokes, only at my expense or some dopey dad joke. But you never know. When a parent walks into a room, here's something you say. And you hope they have clothes on. Right. And you said it. (laughs) I mean, you're you're on camera. You're live. You hope you're not teaching Tubin's kid, right? You know, that's what you're hoping. God help us. (laughs) So, although it is tricky, it's hard to, you know, everybody makes mistakes. You got to know, first and foremost, the difference between a hot mic and a cold mic, pardon the pun. You know, you have to know when you're you're talking to people, people are going to listen. So whatever you're going to say, just say it again. Just turn the Zoom off, turn the mic off, get off air after the game, after the broadcast, whatever it is. That's when you say what you want to say. Because, yes, we do have free speech. But it doesn't mean whatever you say is going to be protected. So, you know. Yeah. It's not that hard, kids. All right. We have to stop wasting our time on these waste of times. I mean, because me guys like me and you, you know, again, we didn't we didn't we didn't earn the way you know, like I said, we weren't a professional sports player, we didn't get through the ranks, and then a lot of these guys become broadcasters and everything else. And then like I said, you get this opportunity. And look, I guess that's just, you know, the challenges of, of each individual, no matter what kind of, you know, um, once you get into a position of either power or influence, you make the decision there on how you, um, you know, uh, how you carry yourself. And granted, today, Rob, we know it. It's you know, we were talking about Joe Morgan there a, a few years back, uh, a couple episodes back about you know him coming up and those teams. I mean, there just wasn't the, uh, I mean, the social media, the 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 coverage of athletes today. I don't know. No matter how much money they give me, I don't know how. You know, if you'd want to be one today, depending on what kind of sport it is, I don't know. It's kind of crazy, but that's 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 something we can continue to talk about. Uh, you know, on, on another show. But I tell you what, anyway. we'll do a we'll do a few more shows to ensure that uh, yeah. we talk about all these things we want to talk about. Because hey, it is our the story, show. Though Rob is keep your mouth shut on certain things. Keep it to yourself. Right, exactly. Just keep it to yourself, or you know, have your own podcast. Do a podcast that nobody actually hears. Just record yourself and say what you want, and then, you know, burn it. Well, burn look, the tapes. Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, let's have a little fun here. We're just, uh, we'll stay off the sports here for one more second, even though we are the sports honchos. Do you, you want to do this thing? We talked about doing this a couple of weeks ago for uh, Conchata. Ah, yes. And make I, my mom I, happy, please. I think please. we should try and do this uh, and, uh, and make this happen. We can do it. Please do. So why don't you set it up here again? So uh, a few weeks ago, Conchata Farrell, who played Berta on Two and a Half Men, one of the great sitcoms of this last 10 years or so, passed away at 77. And I found sort of her greatest hits compilation on YouTube. And I thought, rather than try to describe how great she was, how the master of comedic timing that she was, uh, 
why not let you hear for yourself a little tribute since we've had, you know, we've, we've had a lot of tributes in these episodes, people, you know, 2020 is taking all the good ones. Okay. But I thought are you say, are you saying we're a bad luck show? No, no. The show surrounded saying, by bad luck. I'm saying 2020 is bad luck. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So given us lots of material. So thank you for that, but it's not the kind of material we really want. So <laughs> in a moment, We'll play the long-promised and well-worth-the-wait. Wait, the finger is up. Oh, no. No, I'm just saying, it's look, this is a four- or five-minute piece. We'll, we'll do like a minute or something of this. Yeah, there's just, yeah we're not going to play all, all five right. minutes. It's the first minute alone is, is worth it, just so you can hear the greatness of the late Conchata Farrell, who nobody knows from that name, but you're like, oh, yeah, I know her. I've seen her before. She was awesome. one of those, right. or was, yeah. Well, let's listen. Here we go. Really, rather not discuss this in front of the health. Roberta, could you give us some privacy? Hell no. What's wrong with him? Oh, he's getting old, kiddo. I wish you could have seen him in his prime. He was like Babe Ruth. He played baseball? No, he was a drunken whoremonger. (laughs) There was none better. Oh, God. Look what the cat dragged in. He didn't just drag it. He ate it, pooped it out, and then covered it with sand. Wait a second. Why did you take vitamins? I was tired. Okay, but but where did you find vitamins to take? In your medicine cabinet. I don't have any vitamins in my medicine cabinet. Hey, you doodle up blue ones with a V on them. What's going on? I don't understand. The kid's going to need another party hat. Because your brother is the embodiment of the can-do, roll-up-your-sleeve spirit that made this country great. He never gets discouraged, he goes after what he wants, and he doesn't know the meaning of the word quit. And if the day should come when any man, no matter how humble, can't go out there and soil the loins of some hot little dancer, well, I don't want to live in that America. (laughs) Oh, beautiful, spacious skies. Yeah, that's a stiffy. We have got a real problem here. What do you mean, we? <laughs> See you later. That's a great one. We'll exit on. She uh, she walks out the door there, man. Yeah, she um in case that last scene, she walked in on uh, Charlie's mother's latest husband, played by the great Robert Wagner, who died in bed as you would expect from a show like this. So the stiffy, the double entendre of the stiffy was fantastic. So she will be missed. She was probably one of the best parts of that show uh, when it was on the air. And uh, there's our little tribute. There you go. A little oh. uh, sports honchos house cleaning. Yes. As they say. Exactly. In the base. In the base. Yep. All right, Rob. Well, look, um, you've got, you've got a choice here. You, you can, um, you can go, um, well, you want to talk about, look real quick. Um, yeah. So, uh, baseball's done, NBA's right. done, yep. hockey's done, yep. uh, football, they're done the way they're playing. It's horrible. I mean, oh. it's just it's just okay. not good quality stuff. Anna, you, you hate the NFL, your national oh, mediocrity league. You're the worst. It's horrible. Anyway, I still love you, though. Um, so the, uh, the NBA and uh, the NHL right now are trying to figure out how to come back. Yep. It looks like the NHL has already canceled with the classic, the All-Star game. And there, you know, there's some reports going on that a couple of the minor league teams are looking to get going in February. That's a good sign. 
and now we have to figure out when the NHL. But this, uh, hopefully, about another week or so, they'll figure this out or at least start and get, give us an idea. But they're also talking; they'd like to do January, you know, get training camps going in December, and, and then we'll go from there. So we don't know. Uh, baseball's right. going to take a little break now. Um, they've got to go test everybody on the Dodgers, their family members, and the people who live in their communities. And, so and make sure Rob Rob Manfred didn't have a stroke. Yes, yes exactly. And uh, so. <laughs> By the time that's done, baseball will figure out when they're coming back. And then uh, I guess technically they could maybe just kind of chill out, wait till the spring and have a normal season. But we'll, we'll see what happens. So yeah, it brings could. us to baseball. I mean, basketball. I just said baseball. I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sipping that's on okay. the ouzo here myself. <laughs> um, so real quick on this, December 22nd is what you've heard about right. the NBA uh, who just finished playing about 20 I know, really. Ago. And a check's watch. Like an hour ago, yes. the confetti was raining down on, on LeBron James's head in the Lakers. Yeah, they, they plan to start on December 22nd and play 72 games, which is 10 games less than the regular season, with an eye towards finishing in time to participate in the 2020 Olympics, which will be played in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, this morning I hear that the players, there's a movement by the players to – actually start MLK Day weekend, which would be the 15th to the 18th, which is a more symbolic, more appropriate, and quite frankly, from a time standpoint, probably a lot better choice than to start December 22nd. I mean, look, the draft, the NBA draft is the 18th. Christmas so, is three days later. Right. Come the on. Off season, the, off, the off season starts right after the draft. I mean, technically speaking, you're not going to have training camp without your draft pick. So what are they doing here? This is why I don't they're watch gonna, the end of the NBA yeah, championships. They're, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna play less games or more games in less time, a, a condensed season again. They're going to try to rush the season in to get to the Olympics. And I know that a lot of teams have been off for a long time, but your big money player, the star of your league, still 35, soon to be 36-year-old LeBron James, is not going to say, I'll take a month off instead of four months off and then be ready to go. Hell, Danny Green said um, on, on a podcast whose name escapes me, I apologize, that he'd be surprised if – oh, here it is. Danny Green, Lakers veterans may skip beginning of the season if it starts in December. He said on the Ringer podcast I – mean, I did do my homework – uh, on Monday, that he doesn't expect to see many veterans at the start of the season if the NBA does tip off on December 22nd. And look, initially, Adam Silver said we're going to start January 1st. We're going to bypass our usual Christmas Day, which we own. And now all of a sudden, he's like, well, that's a lot of money. In fact, in the art- it, according to ESPN, a pre-Christmas start allows the NBA's television partners, ESPN and Turner, to further realize the value of broadcast partnerships. That is business speak for we want as much exposure for all the money that we're paying you to broadcast these games. We want be on Christmas day. And look, you're going to, here's what you're heading for. The big complaint about the NBA is load management players taking games off because the season is long and they want to stay fresh for the playoffs. So you're going to have a short off season. You're going to cram the season down the throats of the players your oldest and best player just won the championship and he's going to have less time than usual for, again, the draft is the 18th. So you're going to have about what three weeks, three and a half weeks of your full complement of your team with your draft picks to train for December 22nd. It's not just, okay, you know, go to the gym, lift some weight, shoot some hoops. We're ready. 
I mean, your body has to recover. You don't just, again, you, you slowly ease your way back into, you know, full speed playing. And I know, I know it's hard to really feel sorry for the NBA players and, and, and you shouldn't, but it just, this is their job. They need an off season, especially the guys that play deep into the season. Who You said an hour and a half ago, they just finished the playoffs. And that's what I was saying earlier. If you push these seasons, if you insist on getting these seasons in, in the pandemic, then you got to pay the piper at some point. What do you do with the next season? You know, I told you, it's like that, that Elmer Fudd Daffy Duck cartoon. When Daffy Duck says, look, you don't have to go upstairs. We'll bring the upstairs down to you. And then Elmer Fudd says, well, that's great. What happened to the first floor? And then, he, and then Daffy Duck says, that's a good question. And he lifts up the second floor and the first floor is crushed. So if you run the season into October, someone has to ask, hey, uh, Daffy, Daffy Silver, what about the next season? You can't just have them go back to back. So if you're if you think load management was a problem before, 72 games in a compressed period of time, that's more games in less days, and you expect your NBA players to play in the Olympics, if there is an Olympics, there's always that asterisk, you're going to get a lot more load management than you want. This is going to backfire on the NBA. So I hope, I hope that they reach some sort of a compromise. Maybe not start the middle of January. But start January 1st, say, look, we're going to bypass Christmas, play 60 games instead of 72, but it's going to be a great season, and our players are going to play less load management. You're going to get a fresh, rejuvenated, recharged LeBron James, and not because that team is old. That Lakers team is old as they go to defend this championship. And not a bunch of guys are like, hey, we just finished playing. We'll call you in February when we're ready to play. And that's how it should be. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, those guys deserve – a few yeah. months off. Just your to, best players played the longest. Yeah, That's how I mean, it should you, be you in just, the playoffs. You know, hang out with your family. You know, live life a little bit. Yeah. I mean, things are changing. Look, Get out of the bubble. You were in a bubble. I know. I mean, for months. You just got out. Now you're going to say you got five days with your family. Then you got to turn around and start training camp again. Come on. Here, get out here's here. what I'll say: if if this gets jammed through, and if they do this, and you have to watch what the NHL does, and definitely see what the MLB does again. MLB, obviously, they could kind of chill and just wait for a regular season, normal season here. Yeah. But there's, we have to wait and see what goes on in the world as it's shifting. As we speak yep. right now, Europe is about to go back into lockdowns. So there's a lot of things that are happening. Um, over in Asia, too, they're doing it, too, as well. So, I mean, even did now, I um Did I see you post something about that, that even though Europe is going back into lockdown, that soccer games in Europe are still... yeah. My shoving Manchester fans United into the are talking stands. about bringing about allowing 23, 24,000 people back into Old Trafford, and that's what I couldn't understand because the reports are right now uh, Germany's leading the way, France too. They're they're in some trouble, so they're going to mm-hmm. start locking down. But what it is is they're they're talking about shutting down bars, restaurants, all that kind of stuff. So it's like, all right, but we can contain right. the sports thing. I don't know how they're working out, but what I was trying to get at is is that. And I'll speak from the concert industry too, the live entertainment industry, which I'm involved with too. You got to see what's going on. I, I think this is going to get projected out uh, into 2022. No, and I think that some of these leagues are actually going to sit down, and and they certainly feel that we won't get back to uh, definitely here in the ununited states. Every state is doing a different thing. Uh, having you know, Texas can have fans in the stands, but New York doesn't, and, and go on. But I think they might. Right. They might, if the if the 
NBA Players Association and the NHL Players Association, if they come back quick, uh, I think it's going to be some kind of agreement because they feel that this is going to go longer. And because the model's in place right now, some way or the other, it's not going to be the complete bubble. There's no way. Um, but, I mean, you step back. If you're NBA or you're hockey, I don't see why they don't have to start until February. Give these guys a break. Set up yeah. the structure. Give the leagues, the coaches, the time to get the training camps together, the, 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 get the arenas, the, uh, the opportunities to set up the schedule and everything else. And from what I see and from what I'm reading and the vibe that I'm getting is that they're not going to have any conflicts with concerts and entertainment because it does not yeah. look like it's coming back. It's bad. And, and it sucks. The bubble thing, it, and the bubble and thing is not going to work look good at all. Yeah, yeah. And I, I you're right. I feel I mean, look. Movie theaters are are done for the foreseeable future. Well, it entertainment. So here's the thing. Yeah, but here's the thing. See, in New York, it's different, right? Because it's it's weird. Because we were, and let's say the East Coast too. But let's definitely take New York, right? New York was is down now as far as the mm-hmm. infection rate. It's total opposite, right. and the rest of the country is, is on. You know. Is going in a different direction, so it's going to just change everything. And the, because we, the, because this country didn't work together as a united America, you know, as far as you know, every state is doing something different. That's why Wisconsin's at different levels, and the Dakota's at different levels, and Florida, and now New York has brought it down, and we don't want to go back again. And there's some spikes going out here in Long Island. They just shut down a school district over here. My wife's in the uh, education uh, industry, too, and she feels that it's a matter of time here before they shut it down, her school district down, too. And every school – I brought this up. Every school district is doing it different out here. So this whole thing about when the leagues are going to come back, how they're going to do it, and, again, we've joked around. We're just selfish sports fans. Just do it. We want to watch the games. We want to see it. But, man, logistically – and how they're going to make it, and without having concession stands and, and, and people buying tickets and paying for parking and all the stuff that goes involved in terms of travel, in terms of uh, you know just loading up on gas in your car and buying food and booze for the tailgate to uh, local you know uh, railroad. Nobody uses uh, mass transit anymore. There's so many areas of this pandemic that's being affected that nobody realizes because here it is, we're watching the Dodgers in, in Tampa Bay play in a Dallas baseball stadium that can have a few fans in it but there's no way they can do that game in california they're not going to play that game in new york they're not going to go to do it nope. in carolinas so that's the insanity of it all so we'll just sit back and wait man but and, you know, and the bubbles the bubble idea is not going to work for a whole season no it's too impractical no way, no so. way. and you and the last thing too is these guys just like with the bubble going in they're gonna the nhlpa and the nba players association all these players associated, there's going to be a clause in there that if they don't feel you want to leave and play in this league or play in this tournament or play in this schedule, then you can opt out and you don't lose your salary or you don't lose your – I mean, it's it's insane, man. And I, I think yeah. as the next couple of weeks go forward, Rob, there's no doubt I think me and you are going to spend – not just us, but tons of sports shows are going to be spending a lot of time on watching how things unfold. Yep. Doing That's what we've been doing for months. A, yeah. Yeah. Doing a quick That's, bubble in an attorney is one thing. Long term, right. no, it's just going to be, uh, and especially in this country right now, unfortunately, because this country does not have its shits together, and that's on every side, up, down, left, right, yep. center, boom. It's bad news. We're not on the same page, and uh, you know, we'll we see what 50, happens. We got fifty different pages, fifty-one yes. if you count DC. All right, pal. Well, look, let's um, let's um, uh, let's uh. Let's get a little football here going, buddy. We got always got to do some football before we wrap things up. So, 
I know you've um, got some hoops. I mean, um, some college NCAA. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm. We look. The Big Ten is back. Great. Who cares? Um, <laughs> it's just. I mean, I, I, I. We got. I got a lot here, but uh, really, it, it's there's just so much. NFL stuff. I'm just gonna say the college Big Ten is back. Great. Maybe I'll talk about it next week. But all right. We didn't really I'll tell learn you anything. What, it'll it'll probably be better next week anyway, Rob, because we're right. gonna have to see what goes down this weekend. Right. Especially I guess Wisconsin, I guess, everything, all the stuff going on. Oh yeah. I, as I said, are people still concerned about COVID because no one's acting like exactly they are. Um, I will tell you, I got a lot. I look as I look through my notes here. Um, we're seven games into the season, and it looks to me. And uh, the prediction, you know how well my prediction of the Heat-Lakers series was. To me, the best teams right now in the AFC are the Steelers. Apologies to the Chefs. And uh, in the NFC, it's got to be got to be the Buccaneers. Because look, as Gronk, all of a sudden Gronk is becoming Gronk again. And as he starts to come out of his shell and he bounces back to be the Gronk that we know and love from the mid-2010s, so too does Brady. As, as Gronk gets better, Brady gets better. Brady gets more comfortable with that team and that defense they have. And we'll get to Antonio Brown in a moment, but that team is is built to win now. And again, Tampa, you didn't win the World Series. You could have a Super Bowl contender uh, on your hands. And I want to ask you, you know, another one of these, what's the most impressive streak, speaking of Pittsburgh? So Pittsburgh is 6-0. I believe the only undefeated team left. Um, first time, th- this is amazing to me. Super, they've won a lot of championships. They're always in playoff contention. They're one of the best teams always. Three coaches, 50 years, most stable franchise. They are 6-0 and for the first time since 1978. Mm-hmm. And only the second time in franchise history since 1933. So that's on one side in terms of wow factor streaks. On the other side, you have New England <laughs> – which has a losing record after six games for the first time since 2000, which is one year before the dynasty began. In fact, at this point in the 2000 season for the Patriots, a rookie six-round pick named Tom Brady was one for three for six yards in one appearance. So, uh, and, and just a little, I mean, New England is taking a step backwards this year. And Cam I'm not, Newton. I'm not sad about it. Cam Newton, who everybody was ready to say was people were ready to point fingers at the Cam Newton doubters and say, see, how come this guy languished on the shelf long after the holidays? Why was he the only toy left that nobody had purchased until he was finally marked down to a clearance sale price? Well, he can't throw the ball. He can run, but he's determined he's become very one dimensional. And so have the Patriots. And the Patriots are now thinking about selling off Stefan Gilmore and just tearing it all down. Now, look. If anybody can rebuild a team, it's going to be Belichick. So maybe the question should have been, who's better? Who's going to have the better season, Belichick or Brady? The question should have been, who's going to win first? What's the better plan, Brady in the short term for Tampa Bay or Belichick in the long term? And by the way, I find this stat to be fun. Tom Brady this season has 18 touchdowns and four interceptions. All Pat, all Patriot quarterbacks this season Three passing touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Um, so, again, I don't know. To me, the National most amazing thing is... Mediocrity league, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. 
the most amazing thing to me is the fact that in, in its whole history, Pittsburgh has only been six and zero twice. That to me is astounding. With all the, and we're, this is even before they started going head to head every year with the Ravens, which is still the best rivalry in the NFL, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Um, and by the way, just to see, show you what a what a crapshoot, bizarre, no reason to kill your team with this cancer sort of move, signing Antonio Brown. This is so. He comes to Tampa as a free agent, which will probably end up screwing over the team. Andrew Brandt, I think um, – I'm not sure what Andrew Brandt does. He's got a blue check mark next to his name. Um, he tweeted this out after Antonio Brown signed with the, with the Buccaneers, just to show you how much people can't wait to get rid of this player that Tampa now has. In the last year, the Steelers ate a $21 million salary cap hit to trade him. The Raiders ate two draft choices to cut him, and the Patriots ate a $9 million signing bonus to cut him. It's nuts. That's how badly teams want to get rid of this guy. So here's a team that's on the uptick, on the upswing, the best team in the NFC potentially, and they may have just torpedoed their own season by signing Antonio Brown. I just, I don't, I don't know which was, which was nuttier. The Ravens signed Des Bryant, who hasn't played in two years and was washed up then, or the Buccaneers, two teams that don't need, well, the Ravens need the help, but two teams that don't need these kinds of distractions. A, a washed up wide receiver that got hurt in the, playing in one practice last time he tried to play, and Antonio Brown, who's more known for being a nut job than the receiver who was the best receiver in football for a couple of years. I don't know. I don't know what these guys are doing. They don't need it. Tampa Bay's got a nice little chemistry there. I just I don't get it. So we'll see. We'll see well, what happens. They're just going to stack up as much as they can because, you know, yep. it's probably going to, you know, when it comes down to it, um, you know, McKenzie's going to be there. But, you know, the NFC is. Ugh, it's stacked. Know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's just. I and if know. you think it's mediocre, that that Sunday night game, the Cardinals and Seahawks, that was one of the best games I've seen all oh, year. Oh, come on. The, but the that's thing, that's, the what it's, goal, that's what it's capable on. of. Yeah. That's what this come league on. is Wilson capable of. Wilson just threw a bad pass. I mean, you know. Hey, again, don't, be no. a, don't be a hater. I mean, that that's another wild game of stats as far as his interceptions through his career and everything else and stuff. So, I don't know. No. I don't know. Talk to me in, um, I don't know, when's the Super Bowl? February what? Well, as of now, it's February 3rd, whatever the first Sunday in February is, but it could be moved. You never know. Could be moved. It doesn't matter when they, it doesn't matter when they play the Super Bowl. They could play it on a Wednesday afternoon, and it's to be the most watched television show of the year. So the NFL is nothing. The NFL is bulletproof. They have nothing to worry about. Reschedule, move this around, change this. In fact, they'll dictate when uh, the other seasons will start. Get out of the way of the juggernaut that is the NFL. Do we have time, by the way, for one quick theory about my Redskins that I hadn't heard before that I think is absolutely brilliant? If you got it, if you can do it in thirty seconds, because we got to do the uh, the DOTW, baby. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll tease that for the next show, Graham. Okay. Uh, the, so you know what? To give you guys another reason to keep listening. So next week. All I'll right, talk pal. About it. But I already made a note to myself for next right. week. We're, we're jam-packing as much as we can, man. Like I said, we're going to have to go three shows. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Go of the Week. 
Dope of the Week. That's awesome, dude. That's right. It's time for the Dope of the Week. Remember, we spend hours and hours with the Gags Gang in the basement here of the uh, of the Sports Hontros Radio Network. Um, try and decide who the Dope of the Week will be. You can take that job for us by tweeting your selections, your thoughts, your votes, hashtag D-O-T-W, on the Twitter machine, at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Haunt Shows. You guys know the drill. And this week, who is going to be skating around the ice, hoisting the mythical Sports Haunt Shows Dope of the Week Cup? None other than Ohio State football coach Ryan Day. Ryan. In the aftermath, Woo-hoo. the aftermath of his 52-17 win, Ohio State's win over Nebraska. So 52 to 17, that's a that's, that's what we call a boat race in the business. Leading 45-17 in the final minute, the Buckeyes reached the Nebraska two-yard line. Now that's 45-17 in the final minute. Rather than take a knee, freshman quarterback Jack Miller ran to the end zone. So why is Jack Miller not the dope of the week? Well, it's Ryan Day because when asked about it later, he gave what can only be described as a ridiculous, wait for it, Ronickian type of excuse it reminds me of when i was a wee lad as an only child and i came home from school and there was a fresh fresh bag of doritos in the pantry unopened saying rob take me i'm yours and i double fisted that bad boy till there was nothing left but the dust on the floor on my fingers on my face and i live alone what man was the only child i live alone my mom comes home Opens up the pantry. Where's the bag of Doritos? We don't have a dog. And I said, I don't know. It wasn't me that ate them. But of course it was me. That I still had the Cheeto, the uh, Doritos dust on my face. You were the dope and of the I house. Said, and I said, I don't know who ate them. So Ryan Day gave a similar excuse. When asked again why he did not kneel, he said, I feel bad about that. Great. Quote, I had a younger quarterback in the game, and I didn't feel like we had the personnel to take the knee. Personnel? Is there a kneeling team? I thought anyone could just take the snap and get down on one knee. Were you looking for churchgoers? (laughs) I mean, what exactly is required of one to be, quote, on the kneel-down team? Is there a kneel-down team? Is there a kneel-down room? Is there a coach? for rolling over with your paws up and surrendering? I don't know. I don't have the personnel to take a knee. What the hell does that even mean? So, Coach Day of Ohio State, and I wish them him nothing but success. And when I say success, I mean total failure. Uh, for having the lamest excuse of the year, for an excuse, again, that can only be described as Ronickian, you... Ryan Day, coach of Ohio State. You are the sports honchos. Dope of the week, please. Look for your certificate in the mail at some point this week. Woohoo! Fantastic. I love it, man. We always have the personnel here at the sports honchos to take a knee. So we're here for you, Coach Day. You can call on us. We'll be happy to scrub in. (laughs) Well, there you have it, folks. The Dope of the week. Make sure you listen to what Rob tells you and send in your own. Dopes of the week, even if it's some people that you hang out with, you know, we'll, st- we'll still talk about it. We'll sure. Do it. And we'll, we'll do give it. you absolutely full faith and credit. No money, of course, but our undying respect. Absolutely. And that's which is all, worth all more than need. money. Yeah. And I love the, uh, the Ronickian. 
That's yeah. A, that's a good one. I'm writing that one down, pal. Positively Ronickian. Well, here we go, folks. Thanks so much for listening, as always, to the Sports Honchos. On behalf of myself, Paulie, we can't thank you enough. So with that, Mr. Cuny, Rob, give the folks a little toodaloops, and we'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Good night, and as always, peace.